Welcome back to Piano Method Madness. I'm your host, G Absolute, and we are on exercise 23. Do you guys realize it's only nine more lessons left? Nine more exercises left in this uh, this book before we reach the end, and that's it. I hope you have been practicing because uh, this book is pretty good. And if you practice, you'll get where you need to be. Even if it's just 10, 20 minutes a day that you're practicing these lessons, you'll find yourself drastically improving the way you play the piano if you continue and keep at it. But dedication is the key. So uh, tw exercise 23 is called Boogie Woogie Walking Bass, which is uh, uh, well, pretty much a little bit more of the same from exercise 22. Exercise 22, you had an F sharp seven doing this and then going to a g7 i mean a g7 which was uh i'm sorry here there you are that's your g7 so we're doing this and then so it's gonna boom boom it goes Exercise 23 uses the same bass pattern, but the only difference is kind of like a call and response. If you if you never heard of call and response, it's like when an artist is on the stage or performing, uh, an artist is performing before a crowd, and he does something musically, and, he's, and he points the microphone in the direction of the crowd and expects the crowd to repeat what he just said. Kind of like Cab Calloway when it was like, Hadi, 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 hadi. And he would point it out, and people would be like, "Hadi, hadi, hadi, Yep. So it's simpler than that. But the F seven, F sharp seven, would be like this, and it'll go F seven to G seven, and the response you would actually go an octave higher, go, and it'll go back to F seven and G seven, and it'll go up an octave higher. It's the exact same thing, with the exception of measure number. 12 where we're we closing it out with a uh, octave being spaced out like this and it goes to close it out so measure 12 is one two three one two three and that's how it closes out the bass line again is same thing so let's play the melody first. So yeah, we start off with F sharp seven, G seven. And then we have the response with the F sharp seven, G seven, one octave higher. We go back down, F sharp seven, G seven. Octave up, down, up. Down and up. So we get four measures of that. So it goes. And there you have it. The fingering here are not very complex. It's the same fingering from exercise 22. So now moving on to, what is this, measure number four, where we have the change starting from, and we go up, 
And then we go from F sharp 7 to C9. See that? F sharp 7 to C9. So it does that for two measures. So let's play it from measure number one to, let's see, measure number six. So we go. And here's the switch. And we go back down to the beginning of the F sharp seven and G seven to close it out and repeat it for two more measures. So let's do from measure number one to measure, well, for the first two beats of measure number eight, because that's where it's gonna close out before there's a drastic chord change. So we have So as you can tell, it is pretty much almost the exact same thing as exercise 22. The only thing is everything's being doubled one octave higher. The most challenging thing you're going to have is not the fingering because you probably remember the fingering from the previous lesson. The hardest thing you're going to go through in this uh, exercise is uh, actually hopping an octave up and an octave down. Those are the most challenging thing because you have to build up to that muscle memory. So in the beginning of these lessons, both 22 and 23, I expect you to be looking down a little bit the keys just to familiarize yourself where you are on the keyboard. But as you progress a few minutes into it, you might want to refrain from doing that because you want to build the, both the muscle memory where you don't have to rely on the position of your hand by looking down on it. You just keep your eyes on the paper. So maybe after 20 minutes or so of uh, warming up to this exercise, getting the chords of where you are, try not looking down at the keyboard anymore. All right. Okay. So let's move on to uh, into uh, the hat, the beats three and four in measure number eight because that is uh, E flat nine and a D nine. So you have you have a D flat, and then you have for the E nine you have a D, you have a D flat, you have an F natural, you have a G. And a B was that uh, yeah a B flat right there, but you're doing this with fingers one two three and five, and we're going from there to a D nine. The D nine, well, if you don't know what a, a, a D nine is, that's when you include. Uh, it should be when you include E, but in the D chord, major fifth. I mean major fifth of a D chord, but. They have it positioned differently. You have a C, an E, and you have an F sharp and an A. So you have it. So you have this. There you go. See that? Progressing from 
It's like a half step down from everything. If you haven't noticed, half step down from everything. Every finger is a half step down. Practice that. Because that E flat ninth, I know for me personally, fingers get crammed in between those. Between the, the black and the white keys. Because I have fairly large hands and fingers. So, um... I, that was a hard key to get my fingers to actually uh, to master, get them into position because it was very challenging for me. If you have thin fingers or or not as long hands, this may be a breeze for you just doing this. But for me, in the beginning, it was just I was hitting, I was hitting all kind of notes adjacent in between that, just trying to formulate that key chord. So let's play from measure number one all the way through the half of number eight. Yes, with the half of uh, measure number eight. So here we go. So we start with this. change hop up and that's where we end right there so you have your chord change hop down do you have hop hop here and hop high so hop low hop high and to continue from that you have beats three and four measure number eight which is a d flat nine and a C9. So here you are. Your D flat. For your D flat chord, you have, looks like you have a B and you have a D sharp, looks like. You have an F natural and an A flat. See that? And he's using fingers one, two, three, four. And then you have the C9 which is using figures one, two, three, and five, the C9 is using a B flat, a D natural, an E, and a G. What does that mean? Yeah. So you have the C9, which is one, two, three, five. Your fingers two and three may have problems. And if uh, your, your pinky's not strong enough, your pinky in between that, uh, that F sharp and that G sharp, you might find yourself hitting both of those black keys, getting in between there. Because your if your hands are positioned carefully, that uh, pinky should be like a little bit in between the length of the black keys there and then almost in the middle position. So we have this.
again. We're doing this. And there we have it. You just done the E nine, E flat nine to the D nine, the E flat nine to the D nine, the D flat nine to the C nine, and the D flat nine to the C nine. So we're gonna play from the beginning to here. So we play it slow. So that's what we have first through those first well, eight and a half measures. And then this is where the closeout happens. All right, measure number eight and a half. And you have, it looks like a diminished G chord and a G6 chord. I hope uh, in between all this time, you guys have been studying uh, chord progression. Or at least some a little basic music theory. If you don't know what a G diminishes, it's when you have in a G major chord. That's when the third and the fifth uh, note in that chord is goes down half a step. So in a in a G chord, you have G B D, right? But instead you having G B D, you're going to have G B flat and D flat. Now. This is also inverted. Uh, uh, this is another term that you guys should actually know. An inversion is when you take the G you have here and you move it an octave higher right here. So now you're left with the B, B flat, the D flat, and now your G that was here is up here. So you have this. But they also added the sixth note, which is an E. You hear that? And then you come down to a G6. Which is B, D, E, G. You hear that? So you're coming from the B flat and the D flat black notes. And you're sliding those two fingers up a half a step to B and D. So, so the same fingers. One, two, three, and five. Fingers one and two are gonna go up to form that. We keep just strike fingers three and five that we already had on E and G. See that? And one and two comes up half a step to hit this. To close that out. Not that hard, right? Not that difficult. So let's play that uh, for measures one. Uh, one through nine and then we'll close it out and end this bad boy so we have it again
And here where you have your G diminish. There's no response for that one. It's just being held. Just like that. Because you have that E flat 7 and a D 7. Of course, the reminder is you have, it looks like you have a D flat and an E flat. And you have a G there. So we're coming from you hold that So let's play at the beginning Let's play let's try <laughs> let's try to play that beat just completely finished that we just completely finished it so now let me play this very slowly for you uh, so you can get a feel for it and let's get some get a little good jazz swingy jazz rhythm going in here so you let's see hopefully this will do the trick That's it. I should have held um, held on the G6 longer, so it should have went like this. And then come here to the. Now pay attention to measure number twelve. Measure number twelve. Uh, the first beat in measure number twelve is rested, and then you have beats two and three are that are. Uh, triplet where it's going and your fingers are spaced an octave apart on your right hand one and five it's hitting that both of those d's one two three one two three right but you notice that your fingers in between are already in position to get back to hit that uh to hit that f sharp seven and that g7 so you're going one two three one two three see that there just do it again one two three one two three see that one two three one two three keep practicing that the 
only thing difficulty you should have is maybe finger number three when you're shifting it. So you have landing on those landing on the 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 G flat, B flat, and D flat for fingers two, three, and four will probably be a little bit challenging because it's all finger strength. Because landing on that finger number three, you might miss it. So you have one, two, three, one, two, three. Make sure you hit the, that 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 E. Again. All right. So let's try to take this from the top, and we're going to include the bass line that you're already familiar with. So let's hit it. There you have it. There you have it. I uh, played it through roughly. Now I'm going to try to play this with a little bit more pep into the step. Let's see what can I find here. Let's play this. Yeah, that sounds to be good. Let's pick up the tempo a little bit. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. So we're going to pick this up at 84 beats per minute. And if you can play along, go ahead and do so. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. I should have held down the um, the G6 a little bit longer. So I went like this. And there you go. And that's all she wrote, folks. That's all she wrote for exercise 23. If you got that, you should be there and uh, have fun with this lesson. Keep practicing and don't stop playing. Don't stop playing. We're almost to the finish line. Don't give up. This episode of the Black and White Struggle contains musical content from Basic Blues for Piano by Ron Payne. Copyright 1984 by Hal Leonard Corporation. International copyright secured. All rights reserved. Used by permission of Hal Leonard, LLC. If you're interested in purchasing a copy of the book, the item number is 002-40075. It's available for purchase from your local music retailers for $24.99 US.